You're listening to The Soundboard with Craig and Ben on Anchor.fm. Every song has a story. Music, for as long as we know it, has served both utilitarian purposes or filled a need for artistic expression. For us, music has connected with life's biggest and smallest moments. And that's what's at the heart of this podcast. So, geek out with us as we explore music and how it animates day-to-day living for ourselves and our friends. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 105 of the Soundboard Podcast. This is the second episode in our series on heartbreak, with last week talking about my gripping tale of heartbreak around the album Ghost Stories by Coldplay. This week, Craig is joining me again. Hello, everyone, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive into another album in our in our three week series. But I thought maybe it'd be appropriate to give a little update. That, what do you think, Craig? That would be wonderful. I want to hear where you're at, Ben. You want to hear? I'm at. You want to hear the tea? <laughs> Absolutely. So, like last week, things were still feeling very fresh. I was still feeling very vulnerable, trying to make sense of like my feelings around heartbreak and loss, um, because, like I said, it wasn't like a real like formal boyfriend boyfriend relationship that I was in but it was yeah. still a connection an intimate and like emotional connection that I shared with somebody that I had lost mm-hmm. and and I think I'm still trying to grapple with what that means what that looks like and how we go forward from here even though I, I kind of set out the tone already kind of prior to this change in relationship yeah but it's still something that I need to to reckon with right so yeah I'm still doing that so I had a really great counseling session with, with Carol on Monday we talked about Ooh, my feelings I cried that's good <laughs> so good <laughs> and um yeah it was good it was good and I have a lot still I think to process and think about and think about you know how I'm still growing as a person how you know every kind of time I I I, I see someone new um how I still and getting better at connecting, getting better at being more vulnerable, getting more more open. And she's like, you know, Ben, like the five years that I've known you, like I've seen you become more vulnerable and the way you talk and the way you talk about your emotions and your emotional experience is just becoming more mature, which is really exciting. It's uh, it's coming together. That, I'm glad to hear, you know, the heartbreak as we've already talked about is a journey. It's not something that just, we get over overnight, hey? It's it is a journey. And I think I think our journey still continues this week. Absolutely. I'm about to take you all on my personal journey of how I've dealt with loss, how I've dealt with heartbreak. And this week I've done this by looking at one of my favorite artists and one of my favorite albums by her, Fun House by Pink. <gasps> oh, this is a good one, Craig. It's so good. To start things off, Pink released this album in 2008 uh, with So What, the first single. Mm. And it was actually her first number one single, I believe. I'm really sure about that. Yeah, so, so this was like a big bang for her. And what I really love about the song So What is that it's classic Pink. Like, it's angry. It's her suppressing her emotions and it's just a big f you to her ex right which to give some context for the recording of this album her and her husband they're still together were actually on a break at this time uh and this album was a, entirely a result 
of that breakup. So in 2008, I had just graduated high school and I was going out into the work world. I was also going out into the world, finally, as an openly gay man, trying to find someone to love me. <laughs> Relatable. But, Relatable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this album was really formative for me in terms of looking at my past. So I think at the time I didn't really listen to this album and think, oh man, I like, I connect to this on a level of loss. Uh, I think I just listened to it and let my feelings feel and never unpacked it. Mm. I think for myself, when I think of the song, So What? It almost is like my anthem in terms of love and loss. I completely embody what Pink talks about in this song. She says in the chorus, and I just love this chorus, it's so fun. So, so what? I'm still a rock star. I've got my rock moves and I don't need you tonight. And now that we're done, I'm gonna show you tonight that I'm all right. So obviously nothing overly deep here, but, but this sassy. is me. Oh, so sassy. So this is me. So like when I started seeing guys, I I struggled to make it past date number two, basically. <laughs> Either it was like I was into it and then got ghosted or I wasn't into it and ghosted someone else. <laughs> Craig. Def I know, I know, I know. Don't worry. We'll talk about this more later. Oh, but God. Oh, Absolutely. But something that always remained, no matter what, if I did the ghosting or I was ghosted, it was always a priority for me that like, I just got up and acted like nothing happened, nothing phased me. If I knew someone that I had gone on a date with was going to be at an event, I would never miss that event. And that, in fact, I'd make it a priority to go to because- Oh my God. I did, I did. I, like, and. It was a bit subconsciously, I think. Like, it wasn't like this premeditated thing. It was more like how I dealt with my emotions because right. I didn't deal with them, right? Like, all I thought was, oh, you don't think I'm good enough? So I'm going to show you that I'm fine and I'm good enough for me. Which, there is some good things about that, I absolutely think. Uh, but on the other side of things, I never... I. Even to this day, Ben, I've never really dealt with a lot of the loss I've had in my life. Usually I just like let it sit there and I just let it pass me on by because it makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm. And that's what I hear in this song from Pink. It's just like, like, if you look at it, she's saying, I'm not phased by you. But then why did she write a song about it? Like, why right. did she write a song about the guy? Why did she say that... And now we're done and I'm going to show you tonight that I'm all right. Like, why do you need to show the person that you're all right if you don't care? And that's like, that's pink. Like, that is this entire album. It sets the stage for like this, this deep dive into the head of someone that has loved and lost and still is not willing to relent, is not willing to compromise. And I just... Mm -hmm. I love it. I absolutely love it. So moving on. So classic. So many people will be able to relate to this. But the next song on the album is Sober. And it's such an interesting contrast because we still have this like rock uh, production behind what Pink's doing. It's still very loud and in your face. 
But she gets a lot more vulnerable in this one. She says, when it's good, then it's good. It's so good till it goes bad. Till you're trying to find the you that you once had. And something that I noticed when I was like really doing a deep listening to this album is Pink always, time and time again, she'll say you, you once had. Like you'll hear it again how she refers to this you. And at first I was like, oh, she's talking about Carrie Price, right? She's always talking about how, like in this song about sober, it's saying how like, oh, you you can never get sober, so it's not my fault, right? Oh my gosh. But like, as I kept on listening to each song, I was like, oh no, 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 no. And like, I noticed it probably like three songs in, I was like, you is her and it's her the whole time. It's her self-talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could be wrong. Pink, give me a call if I'm wrong on this one. Love to have a chat. (laughs) But I relate to it so much. Like for me growing up, like a huge crux of mine was that like, if I didn't want to deal with my emotions, the easiest way was like, oh, I'm going to go out, get drunk with my friends. I'm not going to deal with it. Completely numb out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was normal. It's like societally okay to do that, right? Uh, In pop culture, it's like, oh, you break up with someone, you go to the bar with your friends and get drunk. Let's just say as you get older, it gets less and less glamorous, you know, and and the hangovers get worse and worse. And I think like as I've gotten older, this song, I relate to it so much more. And it's like this weird mix of like, what does it do like what is the toll over the long term of just letting yourself numb the pain and rely on other ways to deal with it uh and like it's like this like the specific lyric when she says when it's good then it's good it's so good till it goes bad and it's like that anxiety like it's like your brain is on like this loop of when it's good then it's good till it's good you know like it's Mm -hmm. like it's so good like and and she like goes through that and that feeling and i just i feel that like i i've told you this and not a lot of people know but i have recently pulled back on my drinking habits and really trying to see what that does for my life uh and i think it it's an uncomfortable feeling Right. Like even even till now, like it's like one of those things. And I think a lot of people in our generation, uh, I guess 30 somethings, millennials, whatever, avocado toast fanatics uh, <laughs> can relate to this culture of like of kind of like binge drinking in these like specific times. And it's like I've never thought of myself at all as an alcoholic, but certainly when shit's not going well it's a crux and 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 it feels like our generation has this fine line and i just i was thinking like as i go along like when am i gonna deal with my shit you know what i mean like when am i like is this really the way that i heal and feel better and the answer is absolutely no because every time i would go out and like try to run away from everything that I didn't want to deal with, it all just came back the next day and got worse, you know, because I also felt terrible. (laughs) Right, right, right. And I think there, like in this song, like it's like, 
trying to find the you like I feel like I've been doing that ever since I graduated high school you know like just trying to find myself like who am I uh, what am I doing in this world what's my purpose you know and yeah and I look back and I and sometimes I feel a sense of loss at all this time that's gone by and all the mistakes I made you know wow. anyways wow. that's we're going that is, in that is that is very insightful, Craig. Well, and I think the thing about loss in my life is I'm someone that's quick to blame other people, which like, if we're diving into it, please don't leave me. Oh my gosh. Oh. That, that is all about like blaming someone else and being like, you know what? Like, this isn't my fault. You know, like this is on you but please don't leave me. You know, like the lyric says, please don't leave me. I'm always saying I don't need you, but it always gonna come right back to this. Please don't leave me. But in the song, so what I love about this and like relate to so much and like my my history that, that I've had with dating relationships, any sort of kind of loss is I don't voice what's in my head. So, so it's like, I've had situations in my past where I'm like, like someone hasn't even communicated to me that they want the relationship to be done, but I just like feel the cold shoulder. And like, all I want to say is like, please don't leave me. Tell me it's okay. But I don't, I just walk away. I just like, I can't, I can't begin to, to face that failure or that rejection. So mm. I'm just like, so like loss is there and I just walk right past it. Like, I'm like, nope, not today. It's like, it's not my loss, it's your loss. So, but but as we know, that that's not how that works. Like feeling bad at the end of the day, you can't just put that on someone else. So like getting back to Pink's side of the story and like looking at what she did. So like she starts out with this whole like, oh yeah, I'm the shit, nothing bothers me. And then goes into, on the third track, she goes into the song, I Don't Believe You, which is, I would say my second favorite song on the album. It's a ballad and it, like for anyone that thought they knew what Pink was doing at that point in her career, this was a curveball if right. you were listening to the album for the first time because it was a full-on ballad and it was basically like her laying her heart on the floor and basically like throwing it into Carrie Hart's court and saying like, this is how I feel. I don't know how else to say it. I hope you listen to this song, you know? And she says like, it looks like you've given up. You've had enough, but I want more. No, I won't stop because I just know you'll come around, right? And she ends it with a question. She's like, I know this. But then at the end of the day, she's like, ah, but I know I don't know that. And then in another verse, she says, I won't remind, or sorry, in the chorus, she says, I won't remind you, you said we wouldn't be apart. But like, it gets back to, to that history of like, I won't remind you because like, the expectation is she expects him to just know. And that's what she wants. But it's not reciprocal, right? Right. And I just find that fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. 
and and then we get back to of course like who who is this you've given up you've had enough you know like is yeah. it really Carrie Hart or is it herself Ooh. you know and and I think if you like keep on throwing the mirror back it's like yeah no. I yeah it and and anyone that loves to suppress their emotions likes to hide from from loss I think one of the biggest fears is being caught and having that mirror held up you know because all of a sudden you're looking at yourself and and all you want to do is just say no I can I can just like run away but as soon as you have to stop you live with those thoughts and that sucks <laughs> well I mean I always think about it like in the same way that if you if you believe that you can't do vulnerability that's not that's a myth like vulnerability will do you in the oh, same way that totally. if you believe that you can you can skip loss you're wrong cuz loss will come and sneak up right on you anyway and it will do you instead <laughs> <laughs> no it's true yeah like you're going to feel it like well and i think for myself and i don't know if anyone else out there listening ever has this but a lot of my anxiety and pain actually comes out uh physiologically mm. and not and not um verbally like i'm someone that i think a lot of people and i've talked to you about this but i think a lot of people think they know me like and i i everyone thinks this right so i i think this is fairly universal yeah but i think a lot of people think i'm like a fairly chill have my shit together i'm not phased by much and anyone that's like seen me go through it and and it it like i'm good at masking these things yep. like just like i'm talking about with all of this no is that like i really don't and yeah. i think a lot of people actually feel feel they don't have they feel like they don't have anything together right like they feel like their life is especially in those times of crisis like putting on that brave face is the only thing that keeps you from feeling like everything's just going to fall apart mhm So then you put on that brave face but then how do you get help right like yeah. that that's that's one of the issues there with with not not like uh embracing vulnerability and you know and then it comes out in some strange ways let me tell always you always does it always oh does yeah oh i yeah here we go so moving on one of i think one thing that a lot of people don't I think aren't aware of about Pink is that she's actually comes from like a folk music background. Oh. She uh she grew up playing folk music. Her father played folk music. So a lot of her music, especially like later and later in her career is very influenced by folk music. So kind of in the middle of this album there's a song called Crystal Ball and I would say that is like it's a folk pop song for sure like edging on just being folk. Uh it's a beautiful beautiful duet. I have no idea who she's singing with on this one. Uh but the lyrics are sometimes you think everything is wrapped in a diamond ring. Love just needs a witness and a little forgiveness and a halo of patience and a less sporadic pace. And I'm learning to be brave in my beautiful mistakes. Oh. So in terms of talking about facing your loss like if this isn't a breakthrough on the album I don't know what is 
like and i'm learning to be brave in my beautiful mistakes like i haven't even come to that in my in my journey of heartbreak and loss like i look back at every mistake and i don't see that as beautiful you know but like this hit me listening to this again it hit me like a wall that actually reminds me of um a ted talk that i recently rewatched with my favorite brene brown uh, <laughs> and in this ted talk she says they the wholehearted those people who are like wholeheartedly living believe that what made them vulnerable made them beautiful they didn't talk about vulnerability being comfortable nor did they really talk about it being excruciating um they just talked about it being necessary they talked about the willingness to say i love you first the willingness to do something where there are no guarantees the willingness to breathe through waiting for the doctor to call for after your mammogram and they're willing to invest in a relationship that may or may not work out they thought this was fundamental and so just hearing about like beautiful mistakes or like thinking about like embracing them you know and learning to be brave with your beautiful yeah. mistakes is also i think i think about that as like learning to be vulnerable with your beautiful mistakes and i think that's a really hard place mm. to get to you have to really live in that uncomfortable feeling i know sometimes when i think about my mistakes and and like because i have a little bit of social anxiety most of the mistakes i go back to have to do with some sort of social interaction for instance one time i actually made it i think to like 3 dates with this one guy just a wonderful person and it it got going really fast like things started getting really serious i felt like i was too young for a serious relationship and i just like fell apart like we were at the club together and then i just like literally ran away like it, it can't get any more textbook than that and i know like since i have like apologized to this person because it it was terrible it's like no one wants that to happen to you right like especially if you really like someone it's like what happened you know um and i think back to that even to this day and it's like my cheeks get red and I just feel so embarrassed, you know, it, it and it's interesting how I probably haven't talked much about that experience with many people or if I have I've kind of like jokingly talked about it, you know. Uh but like really going into it and saying like no, I really screwed up, you know, like I I wasn't emotionally ready to deal with the vulnerability of a relationship i hadn't matured enough you know and and i wasn't at that place you know and i and i'm still not at the place where i've quite quite matured enough to like see that as a beautiful mistake and see like what i've gained from yeah. that so like years of unpacking yeah. right but yeah well when i think of it's interesting yeah, when i think about that you know like when i hear you talk about that story I think what's really important is like and I think all of us need to do this in in heartbreak because we do things that are or when we're experiencing when we when we're like that right we get into those places that mm-hmm. we all came out so late in life and that the way that we yes. thought about relationships and we didn't know mm-hmm. what to do because we didn't have a normal no. understanding of how to build intimate relationships with people because we didn't have that experience sure. so late in life so it's yeah. critical that we have some self compassion too right 
that you know and that's that is so important to remind myself and other people that well in any situation right i know for myself when it comes to me i'm a perfectionist you know i want to always do everything the best i possibly can so oftentimes i'm not forgiving of myself uh so it, it's it's tough to curb that to say no you are good enough mm. and not every mistake defines who you are you know it's as and and the key is like learning from your mistakes yes. which in other areas i'm quite good at but in terms of love oh what a journey <laughs> honey i hear you i see you going back to this album yeah. and kind of more of a traditional breakup song because i would say If you're really listening to this album and like thinking it through, nothing about it in my mind is a traditional breakup album. Like I think in my opinion Pink really owns the breakup like and really says like this is like this is me like the like part of like I lost someone I loved and like I want them back and it's my fault, you know? Like there is like it's this journey of like getting there right she never really says it but one song that i love that i feel like in terms of the journey is kind of like a step back maybe is it's all your fault oh my god so this oh my gosh yes so this is like max martin production at its finest and it's just like letting loose and just being like you know what this isn't my fault it's all your fault You called me beautiful and now I don't know what to do because like I love you and you're not there now. You know, and I can't get that out of my head. You know what I mean? So like what I said about this one is like in terms of my relationship to this album, this is the one song where I can put on blast and like angry cry. Yes. You know, about like anything that makes me mad, you know? Cuz it is. It's like that sort of thing where it's like I had so much riding on this. I put it all in, you know, and now it's gone. This and it's like sometimes it's nice to just be like it's all your fault. <laughs> I know. And honestly, Craig, this song for me was really really important in the last 3 weeks. Not not in like a bad way, but like sometimes No, yeah, like, yeah. Just to like I just need to like shirk my own blame for a minute, my own responsibility. <laughs> And yeah, I well, we all need like, like a break. We wouldn't be in this place where we have to go through heartbreak if we hadn't talked about our feelings. So, mm-hmm. you started this. It's all your fault. <laughs> yeah, like you're. Yeah, like, honestly, yeah. it's 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 our relationship to make in the end, right? It was and mm-hmm. and um, whatever we choose to make of that. Like, I think the question that I've always struggled with is like, how do I continue to write the story? Well. No, and I, or the question I ask myself is how do I write the story? But the reality is that I'm not the only author in the story, right? And so I think mm. that was also like a, a revelation I've had this week or it's like I don't know why I'm so worried about how I'm going to conclude this or how I'm going to end this heartbreak or like how I go mm-hmm. forward. It's our responsibility to go how this goes forward and how we how we move through it. It's not Oh, anyway. Yes. This Totally. Ah! Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, And like what's so fun about this this breakup song is she follows up it's all your fault you called me beautiful. Yeah. Like like it's like kind of like it's not like you're thinking oh she's going back to so what. Like she's the rock star. 
But then she just dives headfirst and says like, you called me beautiful. And that like ripped me apart, yep. you know? And and that's, that's really the crux of what makes that song actually heartbreaking, you know? Like the lyrics aren't, like it's, it's, it's your classic top 40 pop uh, hit song, right? The, the rhythm is quick, you know? It's kind of like your uh, Dancing on My Own by Robin, yep. you know? It's like the, the bait and switch. You could dance to it and cry to it all in the same moment, you know? Uh, which is what I think makes it so impactful, yep. you know? Because like, like I, I picture myself like moving my body and like, and because my emotion's so physio- physiological, like just the tears coming without like me being able to stop them, yeah. you know? Because like I'm, I'm feeling my feelings through through my body instead of like through my brain. Yeah. And and oftentimes when I fall apart, it is like like one time I remember, and this was when we were in university together, and I like this was like like I I was still hungry to like find love. Yeah. You know, I had never, I had never felt that before in my life. And I ended up hooking up with someone who, uh, better or for worse, talking about those like beautiful mistakes, was already in a relationship with someone else. <laughs> good job, Craig. Hey, right? that's uh, okay. It's I neither know. good or yeah. bad. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyways, but I... I fell hard for this person, like not in love, like we, we, we were friends, but like, we didn't know each other that well. And I remember that we had a heated conversation at a party where I was just like, I was like, you know what, like, I really like you. And I just don't understand, like, what is happening? Like, is this something like, cause we, like, we had kind of gone back and forth a few times, like that it wasn't just the one time after that. Uh, and he was just like, no, like, I'm, I'm not leaving my significant other, like, this is not happening. And I was biking home with two friends from this party and I was drunk (laughs) and I, I crashed my bike and fell onto the grass. And yeah, it was so surreal telling this story. And I started laughing like hysterically. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, I laughed so, I, I swear to you, I swear to you, Minimum was laying on the grass laughing for 10 minutes and then just started crying. Wow. Like, kid you not. And and honestly, like, lovely people that, that I was biking with, they just like laid there with me. Oh. Like, and like, I was just like, but like, I, I've never since felt felt that emotion, but I think going back to that idea that as people who had suppressed our sexuality for so long and finally could feel, like really felt that we could feel, it's, it's so much and it's so hard to deal with when you've never known what heartbreak is, you've never seen it in movies, you've never heard it in the songs you listen to you've never like i don't know if any if you've ever experienced this but like for instance the first time i watched a gay movie it was broke mac mountain and i don't think i've ever felt so much watching one movie in my life because i was like this is what all the straight people feel like watching love movies like i was like i never got it you know what i mean you felt seen and and heard 
seen and heard. And I just like, I immediately put myself into those characters. And I was like, that's what I want. And then when it broke up, I felt like it was me. You know what I mean? And I think it is from like the lack of, at least at the time, like the lack of representation I saw in my life of, of gay characters in pop culture. The fact that I didn't meet someone that I knew was gay until I entered my first year of university. So, you know, like, I'm not trying, this is not me trying to like blame. Yeah. This is me unpacking kind of like, why, why like all that emotion was so pent up and why it yeah. would go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I love that you brought that up. I think it's something that like, is very common or, you know, and I really hope that queer people are finding more acceptance younger and able to like explore who they are younger for our generation and definitely for older generations of queer people. That just wasn't the case. And, you know, we, we had a bit of catching up to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel like I do. <laughs> right. Totally. So I'm going to end us off on my journey of love and loss, which is, of course, a ongoing journey, ongoing ride on the Craig train. Yeah. With, I, I would say, one of Pink's most memorable and one of her best songs she's ever written, which is called Glitter in the Air. So this song made, like anyone who had listened to the album knew that this was kind of like the gem of the album. Uh, and when she performed this live at the Grammys and she, you know, did her acrobatics while singing, like you could tell she was not lip syncing that performance, dipped in water, spraying water in the air, you know, uh, this song blew up. But really what makes this song so beautiful and so impactful is the lyrics. So the ones that really hit me every single time I listen to this song are have you ever hated yourself for staring at the phone your whole life waiting on the ring to prove you're not alone short simple but there's so much going on there and i think for anyone who struggles to communicate how they feel about someone they know that feeling of sitting at the phone just being like, eh, maybe they'll call, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe I'm not alone, you know? And, and I love how she says waiting on the ring to prove you're not alone because mm. on face value, it's like, oh, you're waiting for the call. Mm. Right. But really what you're waiting for is the commitment, the ring, the symbolism of, of, you know, like knowing that this is forever or like feeling, feeling like you won't be left. And it's so, like, it was, like, she meant to put this song last. It is the most vulnerable of the album, and it's one big question. Her constantly asking this question, the whole thing, like, have you ever fed a lover with your hands? Have you ever let a stranger in for the night? Like, it's, it's question after question after question, and it never gets answered. And that's love that's loss like you're always wondering you're always always looking for that next high and and it's just like this song it's just heart-wrenching you know i'm gutted but right if you're not crying out i there, am crying well, a little bit craig 
classic. Shit. I'm not crying. You're crying. No, it's just, <laughs> like, that's just so true, though, you know? Like, I think I struggle. Like, I think I said, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I, the question I'm asking myself right now is, like, at what point will someone choose me? Why, mm-hmm. why am I always losing? And why, what, at what point will someone just finally say, you know what, Ben? You know, you're, this is great. This is, you're what I want. And so that, mm-hmm. damn it, that song, Craig. Now I have to go listen to it by my own bed. I know. But you know what's also so powerful about this song and this album? Seeing someone who seemingly had it all in their relationship, someone who, who had fallen in love and was in a committed relationship, to see it fall apart, but they wouldn't just like let go, you know? Like someone, and and there's, I, I just feel like there's not a lot of stories in popular media of people that have gotten married and then had struggles, talked about it and then got back together. You know, like we have a few, but like the way, what I've always been told growing up from looking at pop culture is you love until you don't and then it's done and it's it sucks but then you're like it's all over you know but like this album nothing about that says it's over in fact what i see from this album is someone that's like ready to fight to the death to make sure that it's not over you know ready to put it all on the line in fact putting out an entire album laying her soul about her very private life just to say, I I need you. I can't lose shit. you. You know what I mean? Shit. shit. Right? And it Okay. It's the, crazy. It's funny you say that because I was, as you know, in counseling on Monday. And she was mm. like, you know, Ben, like, you always talk about needing to lose. But, like, what if you just fight for this one instead? What does that mm. look like? Could you do it? Yeah. But if it, if it meant that mm. much to you, could you do it? Why do you feel like you just need to throw it away? Because it's done, you mm-hmm. know? Well, and you know, I, I will say, like, I, I've I've struggled a lot in my life with with growing in terms of loss and and love. One area, and I think I'm I'm very lucky to be married, and uh, and and like that's also why this this album's an inspiration to me because anyone that's married knows that it's a commitment and it's a challenge, and you work at it, right? Like, just because you're married doesn't mean it's done and I think this album is an inspiration to anyone that you know is trying to make it work continuously yeah. because we're all people we're all you know and something that I really relate to in terms of my journey with my partner is that at one point we did break up before we were married and you know like at the end of the day I decided to fight and say you know what I want us to try again. You know, like I was like, this isn't it. Like, this is too, like there's, it's too real. You know, like it's like, I've never felt this way for anyone else. This can't be it. You know, even if it all falls apart again, it was worth it just for that like extra chance. You know what I mean? And that's what I hear from Pink in this album. And it, it just like, it hits me every time. You know, and and going back to like, who is she really talking to you? Like when she says, have you ever hated yourself for staring at the phone? You know, like she's talking like 
she's not talking to us. She's talking to herself. Like she's saying, I I hated myself for staring at the phone. My whole life waiting on the ring to prove I'm not alone. You know, if you start taking out those U's and start putting in I's, like it all of a sudden just like falls into place. And it 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 doesn't make it any less beautiful that it's distant, you know, because she's saying like she's saying you I'm gonna lay it all on the line, but I need something. You know, like I need this little bit to hold on to because at the end of the day, love is so personal, loss is so incredibly personal. And it's it's so hard sharing and like I couldn't imagine sharing an album like this on the platform that she has, you know, if all of a sudden a million people were listening to this podcast, I would think twice about sharing all these stories, <laughs> know, you know what right? I mean? And that's the reality, right? Though if a million people decide to listen to this podcast, maybe we'll get sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, I want to thank you for all the vulnerability uh, and reaching into some of those places mm. that I know aren't easy for you to reach into and just sharing mm. glimpses of who you are. I think it will allow me and others who access this to appreciate us as a podcasters and friends and, and use a person. Mm. So thank you so much for everything. You're um, welcome. Are you okay if I switch to a few hot facts about this album? Oh my goodness, please okay. do. So as we said that Funhouse uh, came out in 2008 and it was Pink's fifth studio album. And her, um, her, the critics proclaimed this album to be definitely one of her most vulnerable albums to date. Yeah. Metacritic gave this album a score of 69 based on 20 generally favorable reviews. Yeah, okay. so that's not too bad. Funhouse debuted at number mm-hmm. two on the United States Billboard 200 chart, issued on November 18th, 2008, with sales of 180,000, behind MCDC's mm. Walmart exclusive Black Ice. <laughs> oh my gosh. Does Walmart even do I don't exclusives even know. anymore? In March 2009, it was certified platinum by the RIAA for shipments of over a million copies. And as of 2012, mm, yes. The album has sold 1.9 million copies in the United States. So I don't know where I'd be at now, eight years later. We should try to find some information. Um, it was Pink's highest charted yeah. album in the country until her sixth album, The Truth About Love, which debuted at number one. And this shouldn't surprise you. We know that Pink does big in Australia. So in Australia, yeah, broke an embargo and placed Funhouse on sale one day before its official release date. With only one day of sales, it became the fourth highest selling album of the week, shifting 7,120 copies. Funhouse debuted officially at number one in Australia and sold 86,273 units that week. I want to know the population difference of Australia and the States because that's half as much. Like per capita, that must be a crazy number. Funhouse spent nine consecutive weeks at number one and has been certified 11 times platinum by the Australian Recording <laughs> Industry Association for 770,000 copies sold. The album both ended both 2008 and 2009 as the second highest selling album of the year in Australia and is reported in 2010 to be the second most successful album of the 2000 to 2009 decade. Wow. <laughs> Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> I, know, she's I love it when like good albums are appreciated. Especially by the Australians. Yes. Oh. Well, 
that ends our episode, Craig. Thank you so much again for sharing. Next week, we'll wrap up our series on heartbreak, where I think I'm gonna we'll we'll, we'll be talking about healing, and I and I think that's yes. gonna be an interesting conversation as well. So all the so best. We'll that. talk again soon, my friend.